This is Aaliyah S. King. It's Aaliyah. This is my very first Facebook Live. It was November 2018. And after starts and stops of doing video chats going all the way back, maybe a decade, I think, I finally decided to use Facebook as my conduit to talking about writing. I was super nervous. The really interesting part about this episode is that When I looked over it last night to explain to you what you're going to hear, I heard stuff from myself that I needed to hear. Stuff like wherever your story takes you, just go with it. And at some point, you need to know where your story is coming from. And stuff like, are you about that life or are you about that life? This is 60 straight minutes of bars on bars. And I'm saying that about myself. It's truly, truly a lot of good stuff in there and the main thing that's in there is actually how I got the title to this podcast because it's my first time explaining to a group of writers that marathons and writing do not work you have to have a writing practice so enjoy writing practice with Aaliyah S. King I've never done a Facebook Live before. I have no idea what I'm doing. Actually, no, that's not true. I did one once, but not about a specific topic. So I'm just trying it out. I want to actually plan one and do it authentically and not just spur the moment. But for right now, I'm just going to go with it. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided to ask people to talk to me. I um, put my calendar up and said, hey, go inside my calendar, pick a date and time, let's talk for 20 minutes. And when I pressed the post, I got up and I went to go get a glass of water or something like that. And when I came back, there were 30 people that had signed up. So um, I had to close it out very quickly because I didn't expect that many people to sign up within like a six or seven minute period. Um, Really humbled by that, really honored that folks even wanted to hear from me. Um, Now, my mentor immediately got in my DMs and said, 20 minute free consultations. That's what we're doing now, huh? A lot of money in the bank, huh? And I said, no ma'am, I do not have a lot of money in the bank. Just giving away, that's what we do? No, that's not what we do, but it is. I'm not quite sure why, but now that I'm done, Um, I have a better idea of why I probably felt the need to do it and why it worked out um, well for me. Uh, I spoke to 22 people. I had 22 conversations, 20 minutes long, usually more than that, um, over the past week and a half. And it was amazing. It was very energizing. Sometimes, you know, I had to pay attention to my day. I had to budget better, like, no, you're talking to three people today. So this is gonna have to wait and you better write this thing before that. Like it gave me, like, I'm not gonna say it gave me purpose because I do have purpose, but it definitely took me out of my general, and then we wake up and then we write and then we eat and then we go to sleep. It took me out of that 
big time. And so I appreciated that. It also helped me to be grateful that I was able to, you know, some of those meetings, I was getting a little, boy, bye. If you don't write this book about your grandmother, you got it. You know, there are a lot of moments like that and you know who you are. Um, and then there were the moments where it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I saw you say, come talk to me, I'm here. So one thing I want to say is that I think people thought that by contacting me and making the appointment and then maybe not really having that much going on or having that much to say that it was just kind of like a waste of time. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you looked at the post and said, I want to talk to her, then you're already here with whatever your project might be. You wouldn't have done it if you weren't. So I had to find myself constantly telling people like, hey, you know your idea is dope, right? Hey, you know you're a great writer, right? Hey, you know, it was like a lot of pep talking I was giving. And I'm like, yo, you're talking to me. That means something. When I was at a certain place, if Daniel Smith or Toni Morrison, not that I'm naming people, but you know, any of the writers, Terry McMillan, if any of the writers that I wanted to talk to had just put up on Facebook, hey, hit me up. I would have been like, I might not have done it at all. I might have felt like, well, no, because the other people she's going to talk to are going to be ABC. Um, I might have signed up and then chickened out. Um, I don't know. So I know that if I were to sign on and say, hey, I want to talk to you. This is what I got going on. Then um, I don't think folks realize that that was that was a way. I want to go over with you some things that I learned from talking to folks that seems to be a a rolling theme. One, people would say to me, I'm not sure if my idea is fiction or nonfiction. I got that a lot. I would say, what's going on? I don't know if it's fiction or nonfiction. I don't know if it's fiction or nonfiction. So over time of talking to people, okay, tell me a little bit more. All right, so this character is what? Okay. It would always become, hmm, is this, I don't know if it's fiction or nonfiction? Or is this, I don't know if I'm ready to tell the real story or if I still want to make it not so real. And then folks would kind of get like, uh. whenever I heard someone say, I don't know if it's fiction or nonfiction, almost all the time, we would eventually get to this underbelly that said, nonfiction is my actual story. Fiction, maybe it's not time for me to tell my actual story. Maybe I need to gloss over it. Maybe I don't need to talk about what Aunt Susie did. Maybe I need to call her Aunt Louise and let her be from Louisiana instead of California. Here's my issue with that. If you find yourself trying to decide between fiction or nonfiction because you don't know the story that you're ready to tell, then you just don't know the story you're ready to tell. It doesn't matter what the genre is. Figure that out. Are you writing nonfiction because you're truly just ready to write this memoir of how you won the Double Dutch Championships in 1986? Or do you still have some things that you're dealing with that are making you say you want to fictionalize it? Either is fine. It's whatever. It's wherever the story feels like you want to take you. But I do feel like starting a project, whether it's your first book or your 50th book, you're going to have to figure out where it's coming from. And for example, for me, there are parts of my life right now that were I to write about them, they would have to be nonfiction, period. You know, my first novel was fiction, but it was so based in truth that it was pretty scary. Uh, um, but I'm not there anymore. Were I to write something that's from my life, 
No one gets their name changed. No one gets to be from another town. No one gets nothing. My book is going to make everybody really uncomfortable right now. But that's where I am. So that's what I want folks to um, realize. Hold on, I'm getting all these. Am I supposed to be? Oh, no. Am I supposed to be looking at things? Did I miss a question? So that's the big one, fiction or nonfiction. Um, I also noticed that, and I noticed this yesterday too, I wrote a post about what's your writing schedule. I see that folks are doing these like marathons. Like I didn't get to write yesterday or the day after that or the day after that. So Saturday I'm gonna write for five hours. Um, nah. Nah, that's, that's not how that works. I mean, if Stephen King sets aside time throughout the week, then we should be setting time throughout the week. He doesn't do marathons. Now, when you get to the end of a book, all bets are off. If you need to write, you know, in your underwear for four days, <laughs> not that I would know anything about that, then you do what you gotta do. Um, right now, I am writing marathons, but I'm writing a marathon every single day just because I'm close to being done. Um, y'all gotta get on a schedule. What are y'all doing? Why are so many people not on a schedule? How are you saying to yourself, I haven't written anything in two weeks, but starting Monday, I'm gonna write eight hours a day? No, no, that's not how that goes. If you are someone I was working with, I'm gonna tell you what I would tell someone I was working with. I wanna see what you can do three days a week for however much time you can do in those three days a week. I don't want you to do five hours on the weekend because you have time on the weekend. Make time during the week. I want you to get a schedule that works, that you can keep up with even when you don't feel like it. You don't make a schedule based on the writing that you want to do. You make a schedule based on the days that you don't want to write at all. So for example, I can say I'm gonna write an hour a day, but I got a kid. So it's, it's, it's just kind of unrealistic for me to say, oh, on Wednesdays at two o'clock, I'm gonna always write an hour because what if she has to get out early? And what if I have to take her to the doctor? Or what, if I, what are the days where I know I can hit that? For me, it's usually gonna be when I wake up in the morning. Um, Stephen King also uh, preaches that morning pages. I'm not gonna tell you when, everybody has their own different method, but I am gonna tell you this. If you don't have a consistent schedule, I'm side-eyeing you. Seriously side-eyeing you. Um, I don't care how much you write. I care about how consistent you are. I would rather see someone write three days a week for 15 minutes every three days, for those three days, than someone who writes nothing and then a marathon. Nothing and then a marathon. That ain't gonna do. If you're, if you're training for a marathon, can you like run and then just stop running for a couple of weeks and then train again and then stop running for a couple of weeks and then train? No, that doesn't make sense. You train incrementally. You run a little bit three times a week until you get to a point where you can run a marathon. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to be harsh. I'm just telling things that I've been seeing in the post. Um, I also have been seeing. I'm gonna start on this day. I asked people, what's your writing schedule? And folks said, 
well, right now I'm doing this. On Monday, I'm going to start this. On Friday, I'm going to start this. After the holidays, I'm going to start this. When my kid gets out of school, I'm going to start this. Nope. Nope. Start now. I'm not trying to be like, I'm really not trying to be like the, the guru of stuff. I'm just telling you what I've learned for myself. Don't tell me you're going to start tomorrow. Come on. Don't. Just, I mean, don't tell me you're not going to, you're going to start next week. Tomorrow's good. Start tomorrow. Why can't you start tomorrow? When anyone says I'm going to start writing X amount of time starting tomorrow, my first question is, or starting next week, why can't you start now? I'm talking to you on Facebook. So clearly you got a computer. You on here, you writing words here. Why can't you write some words someplace else? If you're going to start writing a book, please spend the first couple of weeks getting yourself into a routine of writing three days a week. Three days a week is my suggestion. And how much time are you gonna spend on your computer? Go ahead, guess. How much time do you think I want you to spend at your computer when you start going three days a week? How much time? Somebody, let's go, Max. Come on, you can't have nice things, so answer me. How much time do you think Aaliyah S. King wants you to write when you sit down every three days a week? My heavens. Okay, I'll answer, since nobody's answering. Um, no, I won't, I'll come back to it. I wanna see you do that. Because if you can't be consistent three times a week, you're not gonna finish it. Ah, T said an hour. No. So I'm not sure what it is about an hour, but we tend to feel like that is a complete, you know, portion. Like we did it for an hour, you know, we it took us an hour to do this. We we worked out for an hour, we sang for an hour, we, you know, whatever. So of course it feels right to say, right for one hour, three days a week. I don't want that. That, you'll get to that for sure. Jamal said, as much time as you can be consistent with. But to start, I would ask someone I was working with for 15 minutes. Can you give me 15 minutes of your butt in a chair with your computer or your notebook or whatever you use to write three days a week? Let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just because we're spacing it out. 15 minutes. That's it. That's it. Now, T, if you're there or you can do an hour, that's great. But all I would ask for would be 15 minutes. 15 minutes is a long time. If you're new to writing and you're just getting started, let me tell you something. You open that thing up and 15 minutes might feel like this. You write for one minute and then you're like, wait. 14 more of these, <laughs> 15 minutes, that's it. If you could write for 15 minutes, three days a week, you are on your way, because guess what? You could do that the next week and the next week. It's sustainable. Maybe a month from now, you'll go up to 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It seems slow, right? Seems like it's never gonna really pick up. It is, because 15 minutes, three days a week, whatever you end up with, however many words, it's more than you have the week before. Yes, no, yes. And the week before that, mm -hmm. 
So here we come to 15 minutes, three days a week. What if you sit down and those 15 minutes, it's not working. You sit there for 15 minutes and maybe you write 10 words and you're embarrassed and you're feeling, oh, I gotta tell you about this. I didn't know you could see this back there. I gotta tell you about that back there. You're embarrassed and you think to yourself, only wrote 10 words. Well, let me ask you this. How many words did you write the day before? I don't give a damn how many words you write. You haven't written in a while. You know you have a book inside of you or a poem or a script or whatever. You haven't done anything. Today, Friday, whatever day it is, November 30th, you say to yourself, all right, starting tomorrow. That's it, Saturday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm gonna write. You know how many words I need you to write? And I'm not being funny. Write one word. Because guess what? If you can't write one word, or you can't sit down for 10 minutes, then there's something else going on, and you need to figure that out before you start writing. If you're going to tell me that, because people tell me I'm blocked. People tell me I'm busy. People tell me I'm this, I'm that, I got this, I got that. Okay. So if you're telling me you can't sit down for five minutes and write five words, it's not all that stuff. It's you. There's something going on in you. Oh my God, I sound like such a motivational speaker. But it's true. I had to figure this out for myself. Sometimes I had to just realize like, wait, it's not all the external stuff. It's me. It's some stuff I'm going through that I need to figure out. If you can't sit down for five minutes, three days a week, you're not being lazy, you're not being stubborn, you're not unmotivated, it's not any of that. You got some other shit with you right now. You have some other stuff with you right now, and that's okay. Let it go. Don't beat yourself up. But be honest. Um, last thing. Oh my gosh, you guys. I feel so mean. I feel like the way I feel like I've been approaching writing is not warm and gentle. It's not anything that I read in the books that I read, like The Artist's Way and um, Wild Bird and, uh, no, not Wild Bird, Wild Mind, and then Bird by Bird. All these books that I read coming up were like a warm cup of coffee, I mean, hot chocolate. It just, you know, just made you feel so cared for. You know, even the names of the books, like Bird by Bird, makes you think of, you know, sweetness. There's nothing sweet about writing. It's not pleasant. It's not normal. It's not fun. It's not any of those things. So some of the people I talked to, I kind of felt like they thought that writing was cute. And that it's like a pleasurable experience. It's not. Nothing about it is pleasurable. Getting to the finish line and writing the end, that's pleasurable. That's just like, yes. And then if you're lucky to see your book in a bookstore, yes, that's all awesome. If you're um, lucky enough to meet people who have read your work and loved it, even better. But the process, I don't understand why I do it. I don't understand why I always feel like, okay, it's time for me to write the next book. Why? It's horrible. 
Um, you don't know whether or not you're going to make money at it. You can only do it because you truly love it. Um, if this is something you're doing because you want to, um, it's just only do it if you truly love it because it sucks. It sucks. It's not fun. There's nothing fun about it whatsoever. Um, so one of the things I read and heard when I was talking to folks, oh, Stephanie says, did I miss the part where you talk about your planning for your writing schedule? No. I'm so glad you reminded me, Stephanie. I was hoping you were going to check in. That's the last thing I'm going to talk about. Um, inspiration. One of my loved ones, I can't remember who it was, but shoot, I'm going to tell you her name right now. She used to be my student in, what school district was that? I want to say Elizabeth Plainfield. Plainfield. Girl, where are you? Um, just a bright young lady. Just absolutely brilliant. So yesterday she says, well, when I get revved up and when I get motivated, I can write for X amount of hours. So the key is just to grab onto it while I'm feeling it. And I was like, am I going to have to reach through this laptop monitor and hurt this girl? Did she just say, when, it, when it's there and I'm inspired and it's there, I can write? Who, where? Where did you do that at? Who gets to do that? Who gets to wait until they feel inspired to do what they're supposed to be doing? Nobody gets to do that. I call it the bricklayer. And I'm sure other writers have used this before, but a bricklayer who goes to work every day does not have to get to say, I'm just not inspired to put these bricks down today. I just, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. No, you pick up the brick, you put the stuff down and you put the brick down. That's how that goes. And there's no other way to do it. Every morning, 6 a.m., you get up, you get the bricks, you lay them out. You get up, you get the bricks, you lay them out. That's it. There is no, I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel up to it today. No, you just put the bricks down. And in writing is the same way. You don't get to say, oh, I'm so inspired. There's no such thing as inspiration. You either write in or you ain't writing. There's no inspiration. You get a great idea and be like, oh, I'm inspired to do this idea. But once you decide what the idea is, you just got to write every day or three days a week. And you don't get to wait until you feel motivated to do it. You can. But if you are sincere and you're ready to take it to the next level and actually finish your project, whatever that might be, I'm afraid to tell you that there's no such thing as inspiration. My latest book is, was inspired by a dream that I had. But I couldn't then wait for inspiration. I had to I'll show you. And this has been going on for a very long time. I had to map it out. This is my entire novel. Um, but that is like three or four, um, three or four versions um, that I then had to distill and distill and distill and distill and distill. I'm very much into um, index cards. I am the queen of index cards. That's where my ideas go. And if you have the right ideas, then you don't have to worry about inspiration. I don't get to have inspiration. I got to look up at that board on my wall and come up with my idea and start writing it, period. Um, so when it comes to my last point here, and hopefully I've been helpful. Yes, Jamal, yes. Plot it out. 
it must be plotted out, people. Just the same way you plot out anything else in your life. You have to plot out your work. I will talk about uh, what Stephanie said about organizing your writing. I don't trust my brain to keep my stuff safe, to keep my ideas safe. So I am a very big believer in looking at my work in a bigger way. Um, I do not play notebooks. When somebody says to me, oh, I have all my notes for the book here. Mm -mm. Word document, spreadsheet, no, that's great. But in the morning when you wake up, how do you know what's on your agenda for this writing that you're doing? Right, Jamila, you get delete. And also too, you, no one is going like, oh, let me read, let me look at my notes for my book again today in the morning. No, it's just sit over there with all your other crap. And that's that. And then when you sit down to write, you're going to go look for it. You need to be looking at your writing every single goal day. Every single day when you wake up in the morning, you should be looking at your idea. Whether it's plotted out, whether it's just the name of a character, whether it's the whole entire thing, the whole entire timeline from beginning, middle, and end, whatever it is, I need you to be looking at it. So in the morning, I'm done with this now. I just still keep it up here just in case. But in the morning, that's the first thing I see. I see a little old picture, my little boo, boo, boo. And then I see all of it. And sometimes I make notes to it. Sometimes I say, ooh, when I edit it, I'm going to change this person's name. But the point is, every morning that I look up, I see it. Um, so that's the first thing for um, organization. How are you going to set up your space so that you can see your writing every single day? Not your writing, but what you're going to write. Because once you sit down, you should have already been thinking about this stuff. Because you're looking around, all your inspiration should be in front of you. Maybe it's on your uh, refrigerator. Maybe it's on your wall. Maybe it's on your, I have, I have uh, notes on this wall. So I showed somebody the dry erase stickers that I use for my wall. And she said, oh, that would be good, but it's gonna take the ink off, uh, the paint off my walls. Ma'am, I don't give a damn about your walls. Your walls ain't gonna write this book either, ma'am. Don't be telling me you don't want to put sticky stuff on your walls because it's going to pull the paint off. Buy an extra can of paint. I don't like the fact that my book is on my wall and people could just walk in and say, oh, what is that? What's that about? And I've learned to say, actually, it's private, so please don't look at it. Because it's either that or I can't have it up. You know, my daughter one day said, oh, mommy, so James and Charles are going to have sex. Okay, well, that seems like a good way to do that. And I said, don't care. She needs to know. Gay sex is a thing. Whatever. It's going to stay on my wall. And yes, she's going to see it. That's just how it's going to have to be. So to answer your question, when it comes to organization, I want you to be as unorganized as possible. Just whatever you do, just get the ideas from here onto someplace else big. Someplace else big. A huge dry erase board, dry erase decals, index cards, someplace else big. Please do not leave your thoughts in a notebook because that's not really getting them out. You're not going to look at that every day. You're not going to wake up and see your notes 
Is that, I hope that's helpful. Um, Jamal said, I have this thing where I feel like, I feel the writing won't be good unless it's inspired, but I have to just write. You either write or you ain't write. Jamal, the writing's not gonna be good. Writing is rewriting. The stuff you need to put down now is gonna suck. So you can just free yourself of all this. It has to be good. No, it doesn't. It has to be on there. You can make it good later. You can take your time and write perfect sentence after perfect sentence, but then I'll see you in Barnes and Noble sometimes in 2018. I mean, 2028. Right now, just write down the words. They're all gonna be terrible. They keep, they're terrible. Just get them down so you can. I once was writing something, writing a novel, the sequel to my first novel. I got to page 140, I think. And I read the first sentence on page 148. And I was like, ain't this about a bitch? This is where my story starts. And it was true. The entire book began at that moment, right there. And the first 148 pages never saw the light of day. It hurt, because it had taken me a long time to get there. But that was where it began. And my brain had to get rid of all those other ideas and thoughts and characters and sentences and all that to get me to where it started. And I still love how that story begins. Um, so we write in just to get it down. I'm not guaranteeing you that this is it. Just get it down. Consistency is more important than quality right now. Just be consistent. Write, tell yourself, I'm writing 15 minutes of crappy shit. Why do I keep cursing on Facebook Live? I don't curse on Facebook. I curse a lot in my regular life, but not on Facebook. <clears throat> just get the crappy stuff out. Just let it flow. The good stuff will come out eventually. Um, okay, Stan, hey Stan. Um, is it best to seek a book deal or self-publish? I have a few books in me and it's and I've begun to say it's very mad too. Book deal or self-publish? I really think it's about what you want. I am book deal, book deals work for me mainly because I don't really have the entrepreneurial spirit to self-publish. To, to self-publish your book means that you are a publisher, that you interface with bookstores and you interface with retail outlets and you look at the font and the photos and you decide who's going to get this and you decide who's gonna shoot the photo of the author. You do all of that. And I am not, I don't wanna say, that's just not my thing. It could be if I wanted it to, but it's not my thing. My thing is to sit here at this laptop and squeeze blood from a rock and turn in some words and hope that someone likes them and then go to wherever they told me to go. I think self-publishing is a really strong industry. When people used to tell me, ask me that like five years ago, 10 years ago, I'd be like, self-publishing, hmm. But you know, it's a different world now. You know, techn technological advances are so much better. Graphics and, you know, everything can just look so much sharper and more beautiful. Um, and I know the money is probably much different, you know, better than it was years back. Stan, you have an entrepreneurial streak. So I feel like you would do well to self-publish. But I don't know. I can't do it. I could do it. I could do anything. But I don't want to do it. Um... Yes, Stephanie, the writing on the wall, truly, hashtag, Destiny's Child. Okay, so I said I was only gonna do 30 minutes and I did 31, let me make sure I did. I'm trying this out because I wanna do a more formal version of this because I have some bigger things I wanna talk about. 
what I'm going to talk about when I return is how so much of who we are as writers is writers ain't we're not all wrapped up I hate that expression but I've never met a writer that didn't have some some stuff they needed to get out I mean that's kind of like why people do anything creative because they have something that they need to share with the world um and I learned from talking to those folks. I'm so glad you let me into your world for 20 minutes. There's a lot of fear out there. There is a lot of fear. And because I don't have much of that fear, thank God, anymore, it's been 19 years. So we got to talk about fear. We got to talk about how fear is keeping writers back way more than content, Way more than if you can't keep a steady, a steady routine, there's some fear there. You go to work every day, right? Or do you say, I never got a chance to get to work today. I just ended up staying home. Somebody told me that, you know, they have to wait for a, either a spouse or a kid, someone to get home before they can write. We got to talk about that because everybody has to come around your writing, not the other way around. We don't wait for people in order um, to get things done. My daughter knows. You see them Pop-Tarts, right? I might have to pay the price for that. 10 years from now, she might say my mom was not hands-on because she was writing all the time. We'll see. I don't think so, but we'll see. But I know for right now, if you want to eat, that Pop-Tart right there, you can toast it or you can not toast it. But you're going to go that way. And if I can't do that for 30 minutes, then we have a problem. So I do need people to kind of, I would like to see people reframe their ideas of where writing fits in your daily life. Because if you don't make it first, nobody else is going to make it first. If you don't respect it, no one else is going to respect it. If you don't say, this is important to me, no one else is going to say, this is important to her. We're not asking for a lot. We're not turn on Sharky, Sharky Baby or Baby Shark, whatever the heck that is. Turn that on. You can't turn that on for 15 minutes. She, my 11-year-old watched Baby Shark for 11 minutes or listen to it or whatever. You got to reframe that. Like, why, why is this thing? If this thing is important enough that you wanted to talk to me about it, then it needs to be important enough that you can make people, make it revolve around what you are supposed to do. Because it's fear. It's fear, you know? And that's therapy. But I also kind of feel like lately I've been the, my sister called me the writer, but the writer's kicking the butt. Because I said, I'm a writer butt kicker. And she was like, no, you're a writer kicking the butt. Like, I was supposed to write, but my sister's a genius, y'all. She's just, she's not here. Ashanti, are you here? She's not here. Pure genius, that girl. So she said, I'm a writer's kick in the butt. Oh, look at Deontay has joined us. Let me tell you her story. And yes, I'm blowing her spot all up because I can do that. So awesome writer, you know, one of those folks that, you know, she just write a Facebook post and you're just clutching your sides. You know, like I know her children. I have never met her a day in my life. 
And I know her children. I know their names. I know their ages. I know what sports they play. And I know which one gets on her nerves. And I know which one is her favorite, except, of course, mothers don't have favorites. I know all that. So when I see that, then I know that this is a person that can bring a world to life. She brings her own world to life. So we know, I know that there is a world that she could bring to life. I don't know. I'm not going to put her business out there. I don't think it's fear necessarily that's keeping her from doing what she wants to do. But I do know that when I talk to her and do my writers kick in the butt, this is someone who'll say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Or, yeah, starting Monday, I'm doing this. Or, you know, I just need to take care of this thing first, and then I'm going to do that. And she knows full well that everybody could get in line. That she can put everybody in place and say, 30 minutes. I'm going to be under this bed right here for 30 minutes. She could do that. So if she doesn't do that, it's not the kids. It's not the husband. It's not the home life. It's not social media. It's not any of those things. It's her. I'm not saying that that's Beyonce's issue. But I'm just saying, if you, you can't tell me that you can't get everybody off your back for 15 minutes, three days a week. If you can't, then you need to really reset the boundaries in your house. Cause, and not that I don't know. I have an 11 year old who is, we are very, 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 very close. We're in this space right now where she's just right here with me and I'm gonna accept it and take it because I don't know when it's, you know, it's gonna end at some point, but I still have to say to her, hey, mm -mm. I'm going down to the lobby. I'm gonna set my timer. If I don't come up when I say I'm gonna come up, you come downstairs. But you can't come downstairs until the timer goes off, okay? Now y'all, sometimes I go to the lobby and I don't even write nothing. I just sit and I read other stuff. I don't let myself get on social media, but I just kind of like, today was not gonna be a writing day, but I'm just, it's a sitting chair day. Three days a week, I'm always in my chair, even if I'm not writing. And then that half an hour goes up, I come upstairs, how's your writing go, mom? Oh, just pages and pages, child, pages. Not really, but that's not the point. She has to know that three times a week, she's not gonna see me for a half an hour. That means that you have to put it, going back to, oh shoot, what's your name? I'm so sorry, Stephanie. Going back to what Stephanie said, I don't really care what type of planner you use or have, but what I do care about is, are you using it? I'll show you mine, but it doesn't really matter. Whatever your planner is, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12 o'clock to 12.15, write it big. That's it, just write that every week on whatever you use. I don't care if your planner's on your hand, write down your dates. Um, so it's interesting that this is coming up because one of my, my only current client, I think, yes, you know, one client right now, she is in the stage now where it's time for her to set a three times a week schedule. Which you might think, what? Y'all have one session and you talk about, no, this is when a week come in. Because I told her, once you tell me what the days and times are, there's no not. There's no not. So don't tell me it's a thing. And then next week say, oh, I thought I was going to be able to do Tuesday, but I couldn't because I forgot that the dog has to get therapy. Da -da 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 -da. No, think about it long and hard. Think about, look at all your, look in your phone. Look about all the things you put in your phone that you had to do. Your daughter's heart lesson. And this one's this, and that one's that. Just keep going, keep going. 
I want to know a real three days a week. It's also the time in our session where I become this mean, awful, terrible person, but you're never going to really go forth if somebody doesn't get mean and terrible. It could be you, it could be somebody else, but someone's going to have to do it. So on Monday, we're going to meet and she's going to tell me her three days and the time frame. I want her to do 15 minutes. She's probably going to want to do more. That's fine. But if you don't make it on Monday for that 40 minutes that you said, the default is 15. And what I find is that people say 15 and they really like, actually, it's more like 10. Um, everything. So here's the part where it gets kind of tricky. Oh, man. I gotta go. Um, here's the part where it gets tricky. There's no not. The only way you don't make your three days a week is if you're in a coma. And my daughter knows that if I'm in, if I'm in a coma, she better, better bring my MacBook Air to the hospital so that when I come out of the coma, I can get back on my laptop. Um, besides, like, I'm not telling anybody how to handle true emergencies, but how many true emergencies can we say writing should take us away from? Because if your kid's home sick from school, you're not, you can't take 15 minutes? I think you can. You're traveling? You can take 15 minutes. You're away on vacation? I don't care. Get your 15 minutes three days a week. It's the holidays? I don't care. Christmas Day, if that is your Wednesday, why can't you, wait, what? You can't sit down for 15 minutes on Christmas? Or Thanksgiving? Or Easter? Or New Year's Day? Are you about that life or are you about that life? That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, wait, let me see if there's any. Yes. Yes, see? She just said, I'm committing to five minutes every day because five minutes always turns into more, which is great. But if it doesn't, that's great too. You can at least say, I, I, I did my schedule, right? Okay, um, I'm gonna see if there's, oh, Jamal, of course, you're welcome. Stan, I'm so happy to hear that. Mark, hey Mark, I'm glad to hear that too. Organizing ideas is important. Um, so I'm gonna do this again uh, at some point. I wanna talk a little bit more about fear and how it keeps us from achieving our goals, whether it's writing goals or anything else, honestly. Um, and how I, I've handled it because I've dealt with a lot of fear and still do in some ways. So everybody have a really great weekend. I'm also going to talk a little bit more about my dry erase wall over here when I come back because it's like, um, it's super, super, super. <laughs> Nicole said, <laughs> I'm just getting here. What are we committing to? Um, you're going to commit to whatever you can, Nicole. You're just sitting down for three days a week for a set amount of time. That's it. It could be 60 seconds. It could be 60 minutes. Just Let's just map out a schedule. Um, I don't have a schedule right now, but I've earned that because I've been writing on a schedule with this book for four years. Um, but now I can just I do whatever. Um, all right, that's it. I will return. We'll talk about fear and we'll talk about more organization stuff. And there was one other thing I was supposed to say, but I can't remember now. I'll see you on regular Facebook. I'm acting like I don't post on Facebook 10 times a day. All right, y'all. Thank you.